Today on Jesus, Sex, and Politics, we invite former Indiana State Representative Christy Stutzman into the studio. Well, actually, she's not in the studio. She's calling into the studio to talk about something that's really dangerous on the horizon, ESGs. If you don't know what ESGs are, it is environmental social governance. You're not going to want to miss this episode to find out what's coming for your liberties, but what you can do to stand up and defend those precious values that are God-given. And by the way, share and like and subscribe and tell all your friends to tune in to Jesus, Sex, and Politics. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Let's roll. Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Well, hey, we've got a great guest on the phone. I know, I'm super excited. Not on this, not on, not in the studio, but on the phone because she's, cool. she's a little bit further north, uh, almost to the land I grew up in, in Michigan, the great up north. But uh, we have on the phone with us, Christy Stutzman. Christy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Welcome. Yes, it's good to have you here and to be with you. And we um, we wanted to talk a little bit about politics. You're really immersed in the political world. but uh, And so we'll get to that in a second. But first, you do something incredible that we want our listeners to know about. If you're in Indiana, especially northern Indiana, you And you have want a great date night. Awesome date night. Uh, Nathan and I have had an amazing date night no, no, up no, there. No, 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 I had one with my wife. He had one with his wife. But we went together. Contrary <laughs> to the stickers that he had oh, printed up for this show. You. Yeah, that's right. With both of your wives. Yes. Christy saw both of our wives up there. And uh, we, yeah. we, it was awesome. Double date at the Round Barn Theater. Tell us about the Round Barn Theater. Well, you know, it's been around for a long time. I think over 50 years. And it's part of what used to be called the Amish Acres. Uh, we renamed it the Barns at Napanee, and uh, the Round Barn has just been the little, you know, diamond in the crown there, and they've done Broadway rep shows for years. And so, actually, Marlon and I, the night he proposed to me, he took me to see Annie Get Your Gun at the Round Barn Theater. So, it holds a special place in our heart. Oh, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we're we're enjoying that kind of new experience. We've never done anything like this before. Um, Marlon loves businesses and things, but the arts is kind of my thing. And so, uh, we've enjoyed putting together whole seasons and there, we always try to keep it family friendly, uplifting, wholesome, you know, morally based, uh, shows, which are getting harder and harder to find actually. Oh yeah. Well, um, we saw when, <laughs> when calls the heart and you wrote that, right? Like you wrote the right. musical around that whole idea and my wife was in love with it. She thought it was Oh, fantastic. that's awesome. No, I did. That was you know, that was one of those things where I didn't expect to write it so quickly. Uh, but because of COVID, my five-year plan turned into a five-month plan. And we decided that we would have to, because New York wasn't licensing any shows. Uh, so we weren't able to get any shows, but we were able to open uh, because we were ahead of the game, I guess, with compared to some other states, uh, as far as like working with our health department and all the protocols under COVID. And so we worked out a way to open, but we had no shows. And so I had to start writing really fast. Um, but that was one that had kind of been in my wheelhouse for a long time. And I loved doing it. That was just kind of a labor of love for me. But it was just kind of time crunched. 
but I really love doing it. Well, yeah. you are a talented, talented lady. I'm telling you what that uh, my mouth dropped open. That was that was it was so good. Well done. It, it honestly, oh, thank you. it was like Broadway quality, and I'm and I'm not exaggerating there. It was you know for Indiana. You know, Napanee area, like I thought New York had come into uh, all the good parts of New York, not the li- not the liberal nonsense, but yeah, awesome. like, it no. was so good. So what do you have coming up in the in in the season to come here? Because, uh, you know, well, Christmas is coming up. I bet you have some great, great shows in mind. Yeah, we do. So we have um, some really neat shows that I mean, we're trying something different. We're trying something that's not a musical, which is The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie. It's a murder mystery and it's kind of humorous. So oh, that was cool. coming up. But then after that is Ring of Fire, uh, which uh, I know Micah is familiar with. Um, so all of the, the music that you love so much from Johnny Cash. Um, and then our last one is going to be White Christmas for Christmas. So a classic. Oh, that's awesome. Now, does the Johnny Cash one have a boy named Sue? Because that's my favorite. <laughs> it has like tons of his. I mean, so much music. It's more of like a music review of all of his music. So I'm pretty sure that one would be in there. Have to check with our, our theater manager and see if he read that in the script, but I'm pretty sure it is. That's amazing. Do you, so I'm curious on that one. Cause it's like, that's the one I'm like jazzed about. Is, are, are, is there going to be a full band like backing up, you know, the music a- aspect of it, or is it going to be more like, uh, like can music with like him on a guitar or stuff like that? Like how do you know? Yeah, what? I think they're going to, I think they're going to use tracks, but you have to use a lot of live as well. And so it might be half and half. Okay. Uh, because the guy that you know plays Johnny Cash has to play the has to play the guitar live and you know stuff like that. So there's there's definitely going to be some live music too. I feel cool. a trip in our future. I know. Time. Seriously. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I've always had a dream to. Uh, if I wasn't going to be a pastor and a politician, my uh, third my third uh, backup plan is uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, you know, impersonator. Impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he might be able to audition. No, you yeah, know. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> So I'm sure I can find the time, squeeze it in between everything I'm doing, right? Yeah. Sure. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. So tell people where to get tickets, Christy. Uh, you can go to the brownbarntheater.com and get tickets there. Um, and then we're also running a special, actually, until the end of September on our season for next year, which includes uh, Little Mermaid, The Secret Garden, Oklahoma. Um, I believe we got... Uh, Boy, there's a couple other ones. The Christmas one hasn't been announced yet because we're hoping to get a pretty big name that you would recognize, but we're still working on that. But a really good season next year, too. So roundbarntheater.com or the barns at napanee.com. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, so let's uh, jump into something a little bit more, uh, maybe not as fun as theater, uh, but really important nonetheless. Uh, Christy, you're involved in the political world. You were a state rep. Your husband was a U.S. congressman, Marlon, and Marlon Stutzman, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He helped start the House Freedom Caucus, uh, one of the the good guys out in Washington, and both of you have have served in the state legislature, uh, and, and I honestly, I, I look up to both you and 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 Marlon a lot, Susan and I kind of, you know, kind of look to you guys. It's like, Oh, that's who we would love to model our, you know, just everything about what you guys do. You stand for, for truth. You stand for freedom. You love the Lord. You're, you're talented. You're uh, well-spoken. And so, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of looked at you guys as sort of, you know, these, you know, mentors kind of from a distance, but, but you, um, you, you've been really influential in our state and you wrote a piece the other day. That's why I wanted to have you on to talk about this is uh, you wrote a piece for the Washington state. Stand and it and it has 
it has everything to do with this new thing that's coming up that that listeners need to really take um uh you know have their their antennas up on this one because there are things called ESGs and um you wrote a piece called who do the ex- inclusionists exclude how the EU is undermining american businesses through this ESG uh nonsense and i i feel like which it's is, kind of, which is what it's 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 environmental social so, and governance yes right? that's right and it's it's kind of for right. those for those of you maybe a real simple concept a lot of people have heard of DEI in the schools it's kind mm-hmm. of that but on a global business mindset stage, right? So think so that of- that was diversity, right. equity, and inclusion. inclusion. Yes. And so now what my understanding of this is, is that it's like a scorecard. Exactly. That they give to businesses. If you don't get a certain score, you're going to be excluded. Yes. Is that, so is that Christy, kind of idea? fill us in on that, Christy. Tell us what you know about it and what the EU is doing to undermine Americans. Yeah, you're right on the ESG. I mean, it definitely is a scorecard. And it started back in 2014, 2015, right around the same time that China unrolled there. It, it wasn't nationally, but it was in different areas of the country where they unrolled this scorecard. Uh, I believe theirs was a social credit scorecard. And um, they were tracking everybody for their behavior in any number of ways. Um, and they would punish them you know, their businesses, they punish them personally uh, by taking away their credit or denying them uh, the ability to buy plane tickets or uh, taking, uh, they even got to the point where they were taking dogs away from people. I mean, it was just really ridiculous. So, I mean, the EU in 2022, their governing body, the European Council, adopted this thing called the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. It sounds really big and wordy, but basically what it is, it's a scorecard for businesses. The corporations. And so ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance law, uh, implements these, you know, these rules uh, for businesses to follow. And what they're trying to do sounds really good, right? It sounds like you're incentivizing them to be, you know, good actors and, you know, follow the rules. But what, what they're really doing and what my um, article kind of ties together is it ties it with the whole mindset of, okay, so if you're not an inclusionist, which, which goes with the transgender movement, um, with other movements where you're, you're told that if you don't agree with them, then you're going to be canceled, right? So it's the same mentality with businesses and corporations. So what my, my, my argument was that of the fact that the inclusionist movement is what I'm calling it, um, is one and the same, whether it's on the mm. corporate scorecard side or whether it's on you know, the transgender movement and other, other movements similar to that where you are punished if you do not comply. Um, and that's kind of how I end my article is, you know, you will, you will comply or else you've been warned, you know. Mm. So that's, that's what we're facing right now. And there's a lot of corporations in America that are international corporations that are actually prepping to comply. Uh, they're putting, you know, protocols in place uh, and they're trying to make sure that they're checking all the boxes and saying, oh, yeah, we support you know, green, green, new energy uh, deal. And we support this or that because they're afraid of the consequences if they don't comply. Mm-hmm. Um, I just heard from a, a friend of mine uh, who husband, whose husband works for an international corporation and they're actually having meetings right now trying to figure out how to comply with these rules with the EU. Wow. So uh, we just saw that with, I think, MasterCard last week uh, rolled out this uh, idea that they're going to start categorizing gun sales Um in, yeah, did that. you see that? Yeah. So, which mm-hmm. which is which is prepping for exactly what you're talking about. So that way, we know if if you buy a gun, 
your social credit score or your, your yeah your social scorecard goes down mm-hmm. a little bit. They know what you're buying. They know when you're buying it. And I and so to think that this is only going to be business. Uh, focused is is pretty naive because I think ultimately what you're getting at, Christy, is that this is the government looking to control every aspect of one's individual life uh, from who they, the, their faith, their ideology, what they believe, what they say, what they spend money on, where they go. And the EU is just going right along with China, it sounds like. And it sounds like America, at least businesses, the woke businesses for sure, are getting in line to to follow. Why why are they doing this? Because it just doesn't seem like it would be good for business. Do they think that this is going to be profitable? I really think it comes down to control and power. Um, I think there's a lot of people, you know, in the upper echelons of the elite who enjoy the control and power. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you will, you know, I think it's setting up for the end times, actually. Um, so we're kind of getting in that mindset of if you don't do this or that, then there's going to be, you know, a, a a financial, you know, punishment or whatever. And, uh, you know, this whole, this whole philosophy of inclusionism doesn't lend itself to a set of rules, right? Rigid rules. And yet that's what they are doing. Um, they're putting together these rules in order to form their utopia. And really, I believe that, um, you know, the people that are pushing this, there's a lot of people that are just kind of going along and, and trying to, you know, get along with everybody. But there's also people in the movement, I believe they're, you know, more at the top, who are leading the charge uh, toward global control. And uh, they also have this religion almost of, uh, you know, they they are going to save the planet. They believe they're going to do that and nothing is going to get in their way. Um, so I, I talk about in my article how there is a, it's kind of like a new religious mindset. There, these people are disciples of this mindset. It's a global, you know, uh, mandate type of thing. You know what it kind of reminds me of is in the ancient world, the move towards Hellenism when, when, um, you know, Alexander the great comes in, uh, he, he, he's going around trying to bring together the world into one idea. So, you know, uh, one, one language, the Greek language, you know, one currency, one, um, mentality, and actually, this happens in the Bible between the Sadducees and the Pharisees because the Sadducees want to be Hellenistic, the Pharisees want to be nationalistic, and mm. and there's a battle between them where you know. And one of the things the Sadducees did was they start to really uh, move away from from the kind of the fundamentalist theological thinking that the Sadducees or that the Pharisees had, which was they believed in the resurrection of the dead. They believed in angels and demons. They believed in all mm-hmm. of the Bible. And this and the Sadducees are like, no, no, we don't care about that stuff. Um, that will put us out of sync with the rest of the world. We just um, yeah, we're Jews, but we have the first five books of the Bible. And right. and so there was a battle, you know, towards all of that, that, that this isn't really like a brand new concept. This has been right being tried to be done for a long, long time to make us not individuals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and they're going after our kids too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's definitely an agenda in our schools where their, their doctrines are, be, are pervading. They're per, they're, they are the pervading philosophy now guiding and, you know, going permeating, you know, all, all across our, our, uh, our educational spectrum. Uh, but also in the healthcare industry um, and all different kinds of sectors. 
Um, there is, but they're definitely going after our kids. You know, what's interesting, I think the Lord um, kind of gave us a warm-up uh, go at this in 2020. I Like, how... How will we respond when the Antichrist or this, you know, the that one world government says to bow? And mm. and I, I think, you know, 2020 as I looked at it was interesting because I saw a lot more Christians bowing their knee than I was I kind of yeah. would, would hope would have bowed their knee. But but it did right. it did even for those who did bow their knee to the COVID mandates and the the you know, just all the nonsense that they were told, you know, to believe this or else, and then we find out, well, that was a complete lie, but then they look at it and like, oh man, I totally would bought into that. I, I probably should be a little bit more vigilant. I, I almost feel like the Lord was giving us a warm up because it was a safe place to kind of make mistakes a little bit because what's coming, it's not going to be nearly as safe as what we went through in 2020. I like the way that you, you, you said that yeah. back then you say this is T-ball in comparison to what's coming. That's right. Yes. We, we, the Lord's preparing us for the world series, but we just went through T-ball with 2020 and, and we didn't fare so yeah. good. at. T-ball. No, we didn't. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make me think that we're going to be able to take out the Yankees in the world series. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, well, I, you know, yeah, good. Well, I was just gonna say, so you know, to that, to that, what, like, what, what would you say, Christy? Like, as far as Americans go, because you've been active in the church, you've been active in politics. I mean, what would you tell us to, you know, that how could we fight this? You know, as America, what are some of the simple steps to take for the listeners? You know, that are just saying, I'm just a normal farmer living in Indiana, or I'm a normal, I just, you know, I'm a school teacher, I'm a, you know, I'm just a salesman. I just, I, you know, what could I do? Yeah. Well, what I tell people is, first of all, you need to pray for discernment. Uh, God promised that he would give us discernment, but we have to pray for it. Yeah. And when we pray and ask him for discernment and for wisdom, he will give it to us. That's a promise. And so as we pray for discernment, um, I think it's important. I was just reading an article uh, this morning about uh, the lack of economic understanding uh, or education, I guess, how economics works with your average person. Um, lends itself to politicians not having to worry about promising things that aren't even possible because when they promise things that aren't even possible, people who are not really aware of you know, how economics work believe it. Um, so we really need to educate ourselves on how the economy works and, and how government works and, and who is in charge and, and how, do we, how do those elections happen. And, you know, I just went through uh, a caucus. We had talked about this, Micah, and Micah, you were um, paying close attention to that. Um, but in the caucus, we had precinct committeemen. And the precinct committeemen were people that decided to just get involved in a small way. I've always served as a precinct committeeman. And what you do is you just show up whenever there's a caucus, when someone steps down from you know a, 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 an elected position or uh, passes away while they're in office or something like that. Well, you have to replace them on the ballot in some way. And so usually it's through a caucus and Indiana and other states have other ways of doing it. But just serving in that precinct committeeman position allows you to have a say in who your representatives are even closer to uh, the, the powers that be rather than just going to, you know, the, the ballot box. So, and there's different ways you can get involved, but I would say pray for discernment. Don't believe everything that politicians promise you. Uh, do your homework, find out if that's even feasible to, for them to do or accomplish. Um, make sure that their their worldview and their beliefs are uh, spot on with what you believe and that those core values and beliefs aren't going to change, that they've been tried with time and they've been proven with their actions. I always look for someone's actions over their words. 
have they done actions that correlate with what they're saying they will do in this next position? Um, have they spoken out? Have they stood up? Have they been bold? Um, have, they, have they made tough choices uh, for, you know, any number of ways um, in order to stand up for what they believe? So all of that, I think, is really important that we pray for as we go to the ballot box. Uh, but there's ways to be involved, too, just like precinct committeemen um, in the pro-life movement. Um, there's a lot of things that I think, as I, as I talk to the precinct committeemen for, uh, for this caucus, I realized that there was a lot of misunderstanding um, about the Dobbs case that just passed at the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Uh, and the misunderstanding is, well, abortion's illegal, right? Nope, <laughs> nope, that's not the case. <laughs> right. You know, so there's there's things like that that um, we need to kind of self-educate. And I tell you what, we, we have so much access to so much information, which is awesome in one way, but scary in another way because there's a lot of misinformation mm-hmm. out there. So going to, you know, resources like this podcast and other places that can be dependable, that are, you know, Christian-based, that are going to tell you the truth, uh, it, it might be hard to hear, but that, those are the things that we need to be actively doing. And I, I love that you brought up the caucus and the precinct committeemen because it, that's local politics right there. And, and uh, local governance really in America is where the power resides. And most people just, you know, poo-poo local government and then, you know, only focus on what's happening in the White House. And and when really, if we would really take what's happening locally as serious as we take what's happening nationally, we'd actually probably see a lot of change happen in good ways and positive ways, but, but we're just so out of touch. And to your point, most people don't understand what a caucus is or, or, you know, even things of, of great magnitude, like what did Dobbs actually do in in the case of Roe Roe v. Wade. And so, so I think it's uh, it's really important if you're listening to this, you can do something. It doesn't have to be the end all be you don't have to run for president yet you know i mean you can you can run for school board or or support go knock on doors for a good candidate that's running for city council or or you know in the caucus but but yeah just we can all do something if we all do something then then it will start i think turning the 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 ship back to the course it needs to be on yeah speaking of school boards if you look at what virginia what what just happened in virginia um, that's a prime example of how important those front lines, and I call local politics front lines. I'm talking commissioners, school board members, county council. That is the front line. And it, when you look at Florida and what just happened in Florida, they just had a wave of brand new school board members. Why? Because parents are scared to death and they want to have a say in what their kids are being taught. And so you see a huge wave of parents actually getting involved uh, running for school boards across the country, but there's a big wave in Florida just recently, and I think you know Virginia was their wake up call. That's that's true. You're right, and I I think it's going to be exciting to see what happens, even specifically in uh, Central Indiana with the school boards, uh, because we've got some good momentum with good pro parent, uh, pro uh, family school board candidates. So, but you know the the uh, left the left is scared. I think that's the big thing. They they're or they're threatened. They definitely feel threatened right now. Their agenda has been exposed. 2020 was the great uh unmasking of our that's right. of our culture and I think mm-hmm. we we actually got to see what was behind the curtain and yeah. and so that, I mean praise God that we're we're waking up to this. So, but um what tell us a little bit about your um your caucus run because you uh, caucuses are so interesting and and I I love, you know, the political landscape of Indiana. Uh, most Hoosiers who are listening to this probably don't really quite understand 
uh, the what a caucus is, but but we just had the tragedy of uh, one of our uh, great Congress uh, women pass away, um, uh, Jackie Wilorski. She died in a car accident tragically uh, back at the, I think it was the beginning of May, I believe, if I if I remember correctly. Right. And then, mm-hmm. um, but that opens up a seat. So we, you know, while we mourn and while we, you know, pray for the family and and support them, we still have business of the city. Uh, which politics comes from the Greek word polis, which means city. So it's the business of the city politics. And, and so we, you know, we can't let the business of the city just fall to the wayside. So at the same time, we, we have this tragedy happening. People are, are saying, ah, I feel like the Lord is laying on my heart, or I feel like I need to jump into this race to help fill the seat. And you were one of those people, Christy, who said, I, I'm going to answer the call and give the second congressional district a chance to, to uh, you know, vote for me. And, and I would be willing to support uh, the congressional district by going out to Washington. And, and so, uh, yeah, tell us about that experience. What was it like? And I know that was the first one you've personally done, but you and Marlon had, had done two prior with, with him. And, right. and so, yeah, it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, it's happened, you know, more more frequently than people realize, uh, where someone either steps down out of office or passes away or something like that, where a caucus has to be held. And so what happens is, uh, you know, they they set the there's rules for the timeline. And what was very unusual about this one was the timeline was so fast uh, because of early voting and mail-in voting, um, they had to have the ballots printed way earlier than you know, what they used to. Well, that meant, okay, so let me correct one thing. So Jackie was killed in a car accident on August 3rd, uh, which was my birthday, actually. Um, It was a a terrible day for our whole district. People were in shock. And um, what was even more shocking was how fast we were going to have to decide on someone. Uh, We only had, from from the day of her, her funeral, which is a week after she died, we only had about a week and a couple days before the caucus was held. Um, So that's not a whole lot of time, (laughs) you know, to to make a big decision like that. Um, And I really felt led uh, simply because um, I had served as a state rep. Uh, My husband had represented Elkhart County in Congress uh, for, I think it was three or four years before they redrew the lines um, and put Elkhart uh, into Jackie's district. Um, We have a lot of family. Most of our family lives in Elkhart County. And we also own multiple businesses here. So, Um, I have a stake in this and also I felt like I knew the constituency well and uh, lo and behold, I was the only woman to join a 12 person uh, candidate field and I felt again that, you know, people needed a choice. Uh, They needed an option and so I really did enjoy uh, campaigning and what you do uh, normally is you would go and you would campaign to about, in this case, 530 people who either ran or were appointed by the GOP uh, county chair as uh, precinct committeemen. So there were, uh, I believe it was seven counties in this district, or maybe 10. Uh, I can't remember. There was a lot. <laughs> and so you were you were going around talking to the chairman, all of the vice chairman, and also the precinct committeemen uh, who would be casting a ballot. But in this case, we only had about a week and a half. So we were trying to set up... Um, meetings where people could come and meet us, you know, after work um, and just kind of like have a reception where we can talk with multiple people uh, at the same time because of the time frame. Uh, but I tell you, if there's nothing like retail politics where you're actually talking to people one-on-one, hearing their concerns, hearing the frustrations, hearing the needs of their community. And uh, it's like talking to your neighbors. And it's, 
it's always encouraging. It's always refreshing because when you sit down and watch the news at night, it gets pretty depressing. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a, it was a really enjoyable experience. I, I, I will echo that. When I ran for Congress, that was the best part of the whole the whole campaign was just being able to meet so yeah. many amazing people. I mean, just all walks of life, you know, yeah. just different stories. And it's just, an, it's incredible to see, um, you know, really how diverse our communities are. And it's just, it's, it's so a lot well, of fun. If you ever want to so. renew your hope in America, go door to door for a candidate. You will find some that are just not interested, but the majority of them are kind welcoming, you know, good people, salt of the earth. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. So, so you, you obviously didn't win, but, um, you know, what's kind of in the future for you politically and for Marlon? I mean, I know, uh, it's, I don't think the Lord would have taken you guys through, um, what he's taken you through just to have you ride off into the sunset at probably one of the most, uh, uh, important times in in our history. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to put any pressure on you, but, uh, get back in the game. So, (laughs) Well, you know, I've just been praying about it, and um, I'm open to, you know, next steps, whatever, however God leads. I definitely do want to serve somehow, um, and I'm, I don't know what that looks like right now, but I'm definitely open to God opening the doors and stepping through those doors by faith and, and putting my hat in the ring and saying, hey, I'm available to serve. But in the meantime, um, I'm starting to write a little more. Um, so I've been communicating with the Washington Times, trying to start up my uh, article for them. I used to write for them uh, pretty regularly. Um, but the Washington, the Washington stand actually approached me as well and, uh, was really thrilled to be writing for them. But, um, I'm looking at, you know, different options right now of getting involved in the conservative movement in different ways. Um, so I'm eager to do that. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of work ahead, um, on the front lines. Like I, you know, I call the front lines, you know, small town America, like you mentioned, Micah. And so I really feel like we have a lot of work to do, especially with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Now that is a state's issue. And now it's really in our lap as the regular citizens to make sure that we aren't just electing people who say they're pro-life. We need to know exactly That's what right. they believe in and where they That's stand exactly on That's exactly right. Wayne, we got a wake-up call this past special session on some legislators that yeah. told us they were very pro-life for the last 50 years. We heard a lot of them say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm real, real pro-life, man. Vote for me. And then <laughs> and then they have the chance to actually do something about it, and they're not as pro-life as what well, maybe yes, we are. Yes, but now we're told. they're on record. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> They are on record, but um, so you know, Christy, the um, the with the future of America, the future of Indiana, like God, you know, God is still in control. God is He's very much protecting us. He's He's guiding us. And um, if if you would, I, I didn't ask you about this earlier, but I have never forgot the story that Marlon told me when he was. Uh, I think we were on we were on our way to D.C. Um, with it was me and uh, Marlon and and uh, our my former campaign director, uh, manager, Zach Rogers. And we drove out to DC to meet uh, legislators. It was awesome. I mean, going to DC with a uh, former member of Congress is like the way to do it. Cause they know <laughs> everyone you need to know to get into all the yeah. places you need to get into. But, um, but anyway, so we were driving out and I was asking Marlon, cause if you, if you live in Indiana, Marlon's name might be familiar to you because he ran a statewide race back in 2000 and 16, uh, for, um, for Senate. So the 15, 16 kind of, uh, race where the United States Senate, it was the primary was really came down to him and Todd Young and Todd Young obviously won. And he's our, he's our Senator. But at the time, Marlon was a U.S. Congressman and he had to give up his congressional seat in the third district at the time to run for Senate. 
and you know that was a step of faith. You really felt called that God was God was saying, "Hey, do this." And you felt called to Washington, I know. So, so the fact that he didn't win was kind of a gut check. It, you know, it, it felt you right. know it probably wasn't like the best feeling in the world. It's like, Lord, what are you doing? And then something really crazy happened. Uh, I think it was the beginning of the next Congress. There was a baseball practice, and and that when he told me that story, I was like, Holy cow, God was protecting you guys like nobody's business. Can you can you tell us? about that story and what, what that yeah. is. Yeah. Sure. Like every year, you know, Congress has a baseball game that they play at national stadium between the, the Republicans and Democrats. And it's just for charity and it's a lot of fun, you know, and there's some even senators that play in it. It's not just house members. So uh, he had played with Rand Paul and uh, a couple other Tim Scott and others from the Senate side. So you kind of get some camaraderie going there and there's been a, guy from Texas who has been the coach, you know, all along. That's his role. He's going to be the coach of the team. And um, so you kind of get to know these guys in a really neat setting because you're going to morning practice at six in the morning, you know, before you go up to the hill to, to do votes. Um, so, and, you know, Marlon and I uh, had young kids when we moved out to D.C. So our boys were eight and four um, at the time that we went out there. And we split time between D.C. and Indiana. So we had our farmhouse here, and then we had a house out there uh, just to be able to have, you know, dinner together. And he can help the kids with the the homework and just have some normalcy uh, to be together, especially at that young age. So he would take our boys to the baseball practice um, uh, in the mornings. And at the time, I was homeschooling the boys, so we had a little bit of a flexible schedule. And so they were able to stay for the entire practice. Some of the guys would have to go back to the Capitol, and they have a, a... locker room there where they can get showers and get changed and everything and so some of them will leave early but Marlon always stayed uh through the whole thing and then brought the boys home and then went back up well um we you know we had lost the senate race and uh one morning you know this is the first year out of six years that we were not going to be there um at you know been playing the baseball game and stuff like that Marlon loved doing it the boys would field balls uh on the baseball field there in practice and he always played uh, third base. And sometimes they had him, you know, pitch every once in a while. So uh, we had loved the games throughout the years. And so this would be the first time we weren't doing it. And uh, the morning that the uh, shooter came onto the Republican baseball field and uh, shot Steve Scalise and several aides that were with him, um, that was, you know, a morning that we will never forget. Turn on the TV, cannot believe what was happening. But we got a call uh, from the coach, and he was in tears uh, when he called Marlon. And he said, buddy, you, you don't know what just happened. And Marlon said, okay, tell me, what, 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 the, what are the details? And he said, well, um, you know, you played third base. He said, the guy that took your place, um, I believe it was, it was, Ron, it was Ron, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. yeah, Ron DeSantis took his place. And he said, Ron and a couple guys had to leave early to go back to the Capitol. And he said they got in the car, and as they're leaving the, the parking lot, um, a guy comes, you know, knocks on their window and says, hey, are those Republicans over there? And not thinking anything, they're like, well, yeah, you know, they're just practicing baseball. And then they took off. They go to the Capitol, and then all of a sudden on the news comes across, you know, the fact that this, this shooter had come to the baseball field, and they realized that the guy had knocked on their door, on their window was the shooter. Wow, wow. And he came around, and the coach told Marlon, he came around the third baseline, 
Wow. He said, Marlon, you didn't leave early ever, and your kids were always fielding balls. He said, you guys would have been dead. Wow. 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 That's amazing. And that was, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was, a, that's just got to bring like yeah. chills to your, you know, to yourself and like, and, and, and at the same time, you know, as disappointing as the 16 race was for you guys, I know you poured your heart and soul into it and you felt like God's hand yeah. was in it and you're like, okay, we're going to win. And then there was some real shady stuff that happened. If you, we can go into that all another time, but like, you know, <laughs> they really kind of just, you know, just pulled some tactics to come awful. at you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, awful. and so the, uh, and, and so you're just, you got to be wondering like, Lord, what are you doing? And then 2017, January comes, the new Congress gets sworn in, Marlin, you guys aren't out there with your family. You're probably watching saying, man, what the heck? I guess maybe we heard the Lord wrong or something. Mm-hmm. And then a few months down the road, probably was that April and May, roughly, you know, give or take. Right. And, and, and here's comes the shooter walking up to the baseball diamond, right where Marlin and your, your two boys would have been. And, right. uh, and, and at that moment you recognize, oh my goodness, God was protecting us. He wasn't, he wasn't against us. He was still for us, even mm-hmm. though we couldn't see what would have happened. And, you know, think about Ron DeSantis too, third yeah. baseline, right? You know, look how, look how instrumental he has become in the United States. And for whatever reason, there was something that pulled him away from that, yeah. that diamond right in the nick of time. Cause we wouldn't have Ron DeSantis. We probably wouldn't even, most people probably wouldn't even know who Ron DeSantis is, if he right. would have stayed. That's, that's right. Isn't that amazing? His his plans that's are amazing. not our plans. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And when we think that something has bad that that has happened to us is bad, God in his knowledge, you know, with, with full foreknowledge of all mm. events and how things are gonna go, you know, he could be using that very thing that is a great disappointment in our life to say, Yeah, but I'm preserving you for something. Yeah. I've got right. a different a, a different thing that you would not yield to in your own wisdom but it's a good thing you're trusting in the ancient of days yeah mm. Amen. Mm. yeah sometimes in this life things happen and you never you will probably never know why until you reach heaven then other things happen and you all of a sudden you get an answer like that and it really it helps you know it helps a lot to know okay now i understand why you know but it also gives you faith to trust god when you don't understand why it's just trust him he knows what he's doing yeah, that's Amen. good. Well, Amen. Christy, we appreciate you, and thank you for taking time with us today. And uh, that's really an honor, it, Christy. It, yes, you. everything you guys are doing is awesome. And you know, if either you or Marlon run for governor at some point, let us know because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would love to help. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> so you, you can you can make the announcement on our show right now if that's something you're planning yeah. to do in the next. Uh, Boy, I don't that know. would put us on the radar. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. But uh, yeah, no, you guys are great. And just again, thanks for all you're doing for our state and for what you have done for our state and our nation and, and just continue to, to fight the good fight. And again, if, if people want to contact you and, and learn more about uh, what you're doing up in Napanee, where, where should they go? Wow. I don't know. I mean, you can probably reach us through, you know, the website around Barn Theater and, and uh, the barns at Napanee. Um, I do have, you know, a music site. It's called uh, musicbychristy.com. Um, and you can kind of hear some of my sample uh, sample songs and uh, things like that. So you can reach me there as well. 
That's awesome. Cool. And uh, don't don't forget to get up there and check out one of their uh, plays at the that the Barnes, the Round Barn Theater. It is incredible. Yes, the Peter Nels and the Beckwiths are on our way. That's we, right. We will figure awesome. it out. That's right. We've uh, Nathan and I have done are going to have multiple dates uh, up there. So uh, it, oh, with our wives, you please say it differently. <laughs> oh, thank you. With our wives, why you should be securing your masculinity, man. Like what's uh, what's so wrong? You know, it's just the, it's the gotcha politics of the world that only play. Part Part of that clip. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> cool. Well, Christy, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, have a great rest of your day. And, 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 uh, just, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on what God's doing through you guys. All right. Thank so, you so much. All Appreciate right. It. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, that was cool, man. I don't know about you, but that's, it's a blessing to hear, you know, stories like that. that and just, exactly right. um, you know, just especially the testimony at the end there is like such a cool, Phenomenal. yeah, cool testimony. I love how but, she gives glory to God and her, yep. her eyes are focused on the Lord. That's right. And, uh, and you know, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things to take away from this episode, you know, trust the Lord, uh, stand up for what's right, uh, fight back against overreaching, uh, overbearing, uh, government, uh, things like ESGs. If I remember environmental social governance, if you see ESG anywhere, it is a, it's a cue for you to turn and run the opposite direction. Um, but, uh, and then go to the round barn. That's right. How about lo- <laughs> losing? Isn't always losing. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that when she was saying, it, it's like, gosh, you know, you're so disappointed because you feel like you lost. And then that's right. Yeah. And then really it wasn't a loss. It was just the Lord, you know, Holy cow. moving you, moving you in the right direction. So, but wow. that's cool. Well, Hey, you want to, you want to tell people where they can, uh, you know, like us and subscribe to us and yeah, pretty much anywhere that <laughs> podcasts are found, you can find Jesus, sex and politics. And we're terrible self promoters. That's true. But, we uh, are. We try to remember that you, you know, you should invite your friend, tick a liberal off, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Our spiritual gift is making liberals mad. It's the is that a spiritual pro- gift? It's the prophetic. I think sometimes. <laughs> anyway, it's awesome. Get, get, it, get it into the hands of a friend. All right. Thanks for listening. It's been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. We talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. We'll see you next time. Take care.